I thought we could like put a waste bar in the in the beer or something, but anyway. I'm gonna eat one of these now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Welcome everyone to another episode of A Beer with the Brewer. And today we are joined by another special guest. Probably um, almost going back in time a little bit. Um, Matty Faye, how are you? Good mate, how are you Matty Cuthbert? Very well, as I don't know if people will, I'm sure they'll remember back to when we used to do this in a bit different format. And I was about 15 kilos lighter. <laughs> <laughs> you started off as the host of the, of the Revel Brewing Show. Yeah. Um, so we used to film that over at Oxford Street. Bit of a different format. Yeah, was, um, yeah. And now it's sort of, uh, I guess, evolved into doing this. Um, probably largely due to COVID, we had to change a little bit, but I think doing this, we're now up to, what is it, over 50 episodes? 60, this is 68 or 69, oh, I think. Yeah, it's getting up there. So that's not bad. No, it's done, it's done really well. Flown well. So it's um, time to have you back on, mate. It is, mate. Thanks for having me. No problem. Good to see you also. You're in your uh, brewer's flannel there, mate. Um, Yeah, I mean, thanks for the nice the nice gift. I mean, I'm basically a brewer now, aren't Pretty I? Pretty much, yeah. Gotta, <laughs> I'm, ready, I'm ready to dry hops and stuff. Yep. That's, that's what I feel like with this with this flannel on. There's another um, podcast that I occasionally watch on a Wednesday night, and they talk about um, what a different colour flannel means. Right. Um, so this red one, they were terming the dry hopping flannel. Um, and then a couple of weeks ago, Gladfield sent those over to us. Um, and I think that one's the upgrade. That's a double dry hop. Oh, double dry hop. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like double the level of the brewer that I yeah, am. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Spend a bit of time in the brewery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. annoying people, really. <laughs> so the flannos really have nothing to do with the beer we're about to talk about. No. But anyway, they're a nice little touch. Yeah, it helps to look the part. Exactly. Um, and I we probably should point out, mate, you didn't want to come back on the show until your beard grew back a little bit. Correct. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's uh, been about four weeks, I think, since I shaved my beard, so it's starting to come back in. But uh, no, I've definitely um, just been staying at home for like the, about the past month <laughs> until I can look normal again. Uh, it's not 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 used to having not having my beard, I should say. So for those at home, um, you shaved your beard off for a very good cause. Did um, raised how much money did you end up raising? Uh, $5,021 or something so like that. So your target being about 5K? It was, so, so basically yeah, I did the uh, CEO sleep out and my the challenge was to raise $5,000 uh, each and I thought how can I get people to um, you know to jump on board and kind of like inflate that figure a bit for me. So the deal was I hadn't shaved my beard in seven years and I said, okay, if I reach the 5K, my beard goes. Yep. But if it's a dollar under, obviously the money still goes toward the cause, but yeah, the, the beard the beard will stay. And I was sitting on my lounge, um, feeling very, very safe about things at about 4.30, just over 3K I think I had. And then a, a generous sponsor <coughs> came in at the last minute mm. to get me over the line. Uh, which was very nice of them. Yeah, so thanks great. guys for putting that together and <laughs> getting getting the beard off with gone. The beard. Off with the beard. So I've had to postpone my um, podcast comeback for <laughs> at least a few weeks. I do remember walking in here a few Fridays back. I think it was the day or two after you just shaved it. Who's that baby? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing was, uh, I'd always grown the beard to, sh to hide the fact that I have no chin. And then the most... <laughs> The most um, absurd part was when I shaved it back and realised I'd actually grew a few more chins. Yeah. So there's, I've got two reasons to have a beard now. Yeah. So mate, age gets the better of the best of it. That's it, mate. Yes, but anyway, we better crack open this yes. beer. Can't wait. The Mango Mac is back. We've been waiting a little while for this one. Yes. I'm trying my best to do a brewer's pour. Yeah, you just need a nice bit of, bit of foam Ooh, on there, mate. Yep. The brewer's pour. We've got the double dry hop flannel on, so you should be yep. able to nail it. 
Cheers, mate. Cheers. Now, I have noticed walking in here today, you've bought your own special vessel. I have. <laughs> bought a few props to the show. Yeah, a few props. Thinking of ways that I can add extra value yep. to the show. Yep. So you wanna, you wanna tell us why you've brought your own vessel in? Well, don't know how, how well you can read the, the writing Probably on that with well, the beer. Right? Not very well, I'll explain, that's okay. Yeah, sure. Um, so I play for Redlands Tigers <coughs> in the fourth grade cricket, um, Premier Cricket Comp. Um, and yeah, last year I scored the most runs in the whole competition. And uh, they gave us these these glasses as a, a little trophy for the most runs, most wickets, or whatever. Um, Rebel are also a generous sponsor of our cricket club, um, so it wasn't all selfish reason to, no, to no talk about that. No, no bit of self promotion, man. <laughs> but I thought, well, this thing's just sitting there like gathering dust. I'm not really <laughs> using it for anything. Like, why not bring yeah, it? I've, I've seen you guys drink out of some obscure, <laughs> obscure vessels on this show before, and I thought. What better time to, to crack it out? Absolutely. Had I have known that was the theme, mate, I could have bought in a few of my old trophies. <laughs> that would have been Back in my glory football days. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I need a big cup or something like that. Yeah, and drink it. exactly. It would have been awesome. Yes, anyway, we got the, um, the Mango Mac is back. Um, we canned this yesterday, so it's very fresh. Um, been waiting a little while for this beer to come back, so it's good to see it back in can. Absolutely. Um, I think it's going to hit the shelves next week. Yep. Well, yep. by the time this well, goes out, it'll be, be it'll be out. Yeah. So, yeah, I think um, definitely a very popular beer, and uh, I must admit, one I was pretty keen to jump on and, and talk about. Um, have that chat with you with about this beer because, uh, mate, it's it's a banger. Um, you know, the, the punters really sort of can't wait for the next time that we bring it bring it out. Um, so I'm, I'm sure it'll sure it'll do well out in trade. Um, and uh, yeah, do you want to do you want to actually tell us a little bit about? how you guys came up with the the idea for this beer. I mean, obviously we've got the, the Wee Spas there, but yeah, how did that all sort of come about? Yeah, this beer sort of um, become a beast, really. Um, the first time I think we made it was for our second birthday, I'm gonna say. Geordie, mm -hmm. um, um, who used to be our venue manager, who people who know Revel will know Geordie, um, wanted to put together a little sour bar and serve um, sorbets to match the sours. I remember that. Um, yep. So we set that up over at Belemba at Oxford Street, which is pretty cool. I think at the time we had four different sours or something for the yeah. four Yeah, well there would have been I think we had, sorbets. Yeah, I think we had the Strawberry Wishes was one, <coughs> this was one, and then maybe the Pavlova, potentially. Yeah. It was around yeah. about that time, I think, yeah. So at the time we only did, we did a very small batch of this. It was actually, we brewed another sour and we, we pinched a bit of the wort to make this beer. Um, the core recipe came from a friend of ours who was working at Tipler's Tap at the time. Um, I think he'd homebrewed it. Mm -hmm. And then we had another guy, Jimmy, who was working with us as well, who yep. used to work at Tipler's Tap. Yeah. Um, and we sort of thought, together, why don't we make this? It'd be cool, we'll just do a little batch to go, as, um, go for the birthday for that event. Mm -hmm. And we made, I think we only did five or six kegs, so it was quite small. Mm -hmm. um, and then everyone loved it. And then there was calls to bring it back for, I don't know, eight, nine months until we actually brewed it again, brewed a full batch of it over at Oxford Street. Um, scaled it up to 15 hectolitres, which is our sort of minimum batch size. And the first time we released it, it just went nuts. And all of a sudden we're getting all these sort of rave reports about it. It sold out in a couple of days. Um, and then from there, it sort of just grew legs. I think we brewed it maybe once or twice more over at Oxford Street. And then when we come over to this brewery almost two years ago, um, we scaled it up to 7,000 litres. So no mucking around. Yeah, <laughs> um, straight into it. <laughs> tripled the batch size or whatever the volume is. 
Um, and again, the first time I released it, we went from selling out 1,500 litres to 7,000 in a couple of days. That's pretty crazy. Um, obviously, it reached a lot more people. It was a bigger batch. But it sort of, yeah, it started to grow sort of a cult, cult following, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, we released it last, about September last year. So it's almost been 12 months between mangoes. Yeah. Um, and it did the same thing. It's always super, super popular. Yeah. Um, I know the guys in the venues and also the sales reps are always talking about when can we bring back the mango because it is so popular. Um, we were going to release it earlier in the year, in about March, April. Um, but we had a, a bit of an issue with mango supply. Um, like a lot of fruit, the season for fruit wasn't that great. We had a lot of rain, which affects the, the fruit crop. Um, the mango in particular was down 50% on their normal yield. Um, and the fruit itself just wasn't the same quality. Basically, the more rain you get, the less sweet the fruit is. So stuff like growing grapes and whatever the fruit is. It's actually yields better fruit when it's a dry season in terms of like the intensity of the sugar content and flavor. So they talk about really good growing years in wine. Sometimes like in South Australia, Victoria, where it's predominantly from, they'll have like a really dry summer. Um, and then the plant will actually really concentrate the nutrients out of the soil and what moisture there is into a smaller amount of fruit. And you get better fruit quality because of it. And then you get better wine or fruit, whatever it is. Um, and that basically happened with the mango crop. Also with a lot of the weather, I think a lot of them literally got blown off the trees. Yep. A lot of storms up here in Queensland, that sort of stuff. So it was really hard to get mango. Our main mango supplier couldn't even access it. So I've had to get it off someone else. So it sort of took till this time until there was enough mango um, to actually be able to make the beer. Yep. So <clears throat> it's not that we didn't want to make it again. It's <laughs> like we, we literally didn't have the main ingredient. Yeah. Um, and even now we had to use an extra, I think 20, 30% fruit than we normally would because it just wasn't there in terms of the flavour impact yep. that we'd normally get. Yep. Um, but I think it's actually come out pretty well in the end. Yeah, I think you've done a fantastic job, um, you know, especially all those factors thrown into the mix. Um, it must be really hard to, when you have such a, a popular beer like this with a few variables in the, the products that you basically have no control over, it must be hard to try and just replicate the same consistency over time, I Oh, suppose. absolutely. Like like I was just saying, with the fruit, the, the fruit varies. It varies from season to season, and also the time of the year when you use the fruit. So it's gonna affect the end product. <laughs> the yeah. ingredients going in obviously affect the end yeah. product. So yeah, it's hard. And people, I guess, build up an expectation of what the beer should taste like, mm -hmm. or whatever it is you're making. Um, and then obviously you wanna, you don't wanna release it if it's subpar. Absolutely not, no. So a lot of work and time, and timing in particular, has gone into making sure we could make this beer in the first place and then releasing it at the right time. Um, there is other elements in there. There's coconut in there and macadamia, of course. Mm -hmm. um, because the fruit is, I guess, slightly um, not as sweet, it's a mango flavor. It's definitely there on the aroma. Um, we just had, I dialed back the coconut a little bit just to put the beer in balance. Um, the actual flavor of the beer, I think, is really nice. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, you definitely definitely get a big whack of mango when yeah. you, when you um, go to taste that for sure. So in the space of twelve months, you I guess you forget a little bit what it actually tastes like as yeah, well because we haven't we haven't had it. That was odd. that was one thing I was going to say because I know that there's definitely been beers that I've had. My like a single hop IPA is probably a good example mm. of that. Like you'll have that because you're showcasing just that hop. And then 12 months later, you go, oh, that takes me back to. And you've even made beers. I can't remember off the top of my head, but some beers and I go, that tastes a bit like this other one because it had that hop 
in mm. it or something like that. Yep. Um, so it is a little bit harder to recognize that after about 12 months, but I think if we were to, to mark it up against what we're trying to imitate in a, in yeah. a beer, I definitely yeah. think it ticks the box and, and more, mate. It's, yeah, it's a cracker and you've done well. No, I'm excited to have it back, but there's been a lot of uh, challenges, I guess, yeah. um, and pressure to actually get it out and get yeah. it right. So I, I, up I, until we packaged it, I was still arming and ahhing, as you do, you do mm. with nearly every beer. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> New beers and stuff like beer. that. Just, and also in making it, particularly a beer like this, there's so many different elements to it. We're making the sour in the first place, so that's an extra process in itself. So you're gonna make sure the souring process is right. Mm -hmm. The base beer is right before you actually put anything into it. Then you've got the fruit element. Um, make sure the fruit ferments out, it's got the fruit punch in it. And then putting the extra flavors in at the end. Mm -hmm. There's just so many intricate sort of steps and details in it. Yeah. To actually get it to come out what you're aiming for. So. Is there anything is there anything sort of like uh, different to some other sours that we've made? Because we've made a lot of other sours with a, a big sort of whack of fruit. Like, is there something different about the mango, the coconut or anything like, or the macadamia that's better, worse or indifferent to work with than some of our other fruits and additives? Um, every fruit behaves a little bit differently um, and they all sort of have a different impact in the beer. Some are a lot more punchy than others. Mm -hmm. um, there's been times where we've used a certain fruit and then we'll end up having to boost it with um, like a natural flavour of that fruit, um, just so you can actually taste it. Like stuff like watermelon, cucumber, not that we've done a lot of cucumber, but those things that are mainly a water-based fruit, they don't have the same sort of flavour. Um, but something like a mango, it is quite flavoursome, mm. particularly the Australian. The variety we use is Kensington Pride, KP mangoes. Yep. Um, they're the really punchy ones. So. The mango does come through quite well compared to mm -hmm. some of the other fruits. Mm -hmm. But yeah, as I was saying before, the, the fruit itself wasn't the same sort of quality as we've used in the past. Yeah. So I've had to use more. Yeah, yeah so there's interesting. Yeah, lots of different elements. Um, and depends what you're actually trying to make. This one, I guess, where it's based on the Weiss bar. So yeah. you want it to have that nice sort of creaminess and almost ice cream-like sort of yeah. mouthfeel and flavour. And if I remember correctly, back to the first time, you never had a Weiss bar before you actually made this No, beer. I hadn't. Being in a Victorian, <laughs> I didn't yeah. even know what a Weiss bar was. Yeah. It's obviously a lot bigger thing up here. <laughs> it's a quintessential Queensland <laughs> Yeah, classic. I certainly know what they are now. <laughs> the Weiss bars. Yeah. Yeah, so... No, I think uh, that was the, that was probably the thing that stood out for me um, when you made it the first time around. It might have even actually been the second time around that, that you told me that you never actually had it before. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you knocked it out of the park on this one, and yeah, I dare say it'll be be popular again. I'm sure it will. It's exciting to see it back out in the wild. Mm, absolutely. Um, I mean, a lot of people have also asked us like whether we'll be brewing it more consistently and stuff like that, like. I mean, is it is it just down to the availability of the products or is there better times of year for us to brew it, I guess, to fit in with, with all the other beers that we're making and things like that? I think it's a bit of both. Um, mm. The supply of the mango is definitely a factor, as I was just talking about. Yeah. Um, but it'd be hard to make this five, six times a year to have it as a year-round product because of that. Um, and I guess from a company point of view, or you'd understand from a marketing background, want it to have the impact when it drops. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we haven't had it for a year, so yeah. we're expecting this to fly because mm -hmm. people have literally been sort of yeah. waiting for it. Yeah. Um, so you've got to sort of balance the availability of it um, a little bit, mm -hmm. just so it sort of, I guess for us, has the impact when it drops. Mm -hmm. So that people, I guess, don't expect that it's going to be there all the time and it sort of loses the yeah. 
not that it's going to lose its popularity, but uh, you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah, I think also too, you know, this this beer's like a little treat, you know what I mean? It's a bit, yeah, like, exactly. a bit like having a dessert, like you wouldn't be exactly having it the five same. nights a week yeah, or something. Like I so, I mean, I'd, some love, people might, I'd love to, like, yeah. I, I might for the next two weeks, but, <laughs> but I think that uh, it's definitely something that you want to, you know, you don't actually want to have all the time because if you did that, it might lose its... Um, no, not a type, but it might it might lose the effect a little bit. And if you yeah, just, exactly. you know, if you're able to have it every thing. week, you maybe wouldn't be looking forward to it as, as much. So perhaps a little bit of delayed gratifications, all right with this beer, I think. I think for a beer like this, two, three times a year is plenty. Yeah. Um, release it, it's around for, I don't know, probably a month because mm. it's um, quite popular. Yeah. And then you get a bit of a break and then go back to it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like your favorite ice cream. Exactly. And that's, I think it's a, yeah, definitely a treat. And for me, probably the best time to have this beer would be after hitting a ton of Craftsman <laughs> So hopefully I can uh, I can lift a few of these after the match, yeah. or I can convince um, Tigers to have a few few four packs in the can in the canteen for me. Yes. Um, but I think it's I think it's definitely something to be enjoyed, uh, and you know, in summer, no matter what you're doing, whether you're going camping, going out to the beach, or just a picnic or something in the the balmy Queensland weather. Um, it's very, very approachable. Uh, it's not, you know, the flavors aren't gonna blow the blow your taste buds off the back of your back of your head or anything. It's it's just enough there, I, I think. Um, yeah, and it's not it's not heavy at all. It's only one standard drink. Yeah, it's, it's only three point five percent. So, yeah. When we first made it, um, it was based on our original Berliner Weiss recipe. Um, the first time we did was the Strawberry Wishes, if you remember yep, back. Yep, I remember that one. Um, and when we made that, I wanted to make a traditional Berliner Weiss, which generally is a 3.5% beer. Mm. So we used sort of the base and then obviously changed from strawberry to mango um, to create this beer. Yep. Um, nowadays, we make some 4.5-5% sales, mm -hmm. depending what the actual beer is trying to do. Some of the cocktail-based ones we make a little bit higher because it suits being a cocktail. Sure. Yeah, um, but one like this, it makes it so refreshing. You can have a oh, couple yeah. of cans and yeah. And I mean, I mean, the Gosa compared to the Berliner Weiss, the Gosa is ten, tends to be a little bit more salty as well, which probably lends itself to a few few of the different cocktail styles as well, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we did the margarita. Yeah. Um, the most recent one is the strawberry daiquiri. Mm, it's going well. Yeah. I'm sure yep. there'll be a couple more. Maybe we'll release fruit tingle as a. Ooh, fruit tingle. <laughs> that's that's got me going. Yeah. I think uh, that a bit like the. Um, so like on on the weekend, I think it was actually we had the a sideshow alley event at Balimba, and they mm. were doing the sorbet and the strawberry daiquiri. So throwback to what you were mentioning a couple of years ago, which is cool. With the Eka being in town. With the Eka, yeah, yeah, yeah. So was there any plans in the mix for some more cocktail variety sours, or is that under lock and key? I'm sure there is. I think <laughs> our um, brew schedule is pretty full for it the is rest pretty of the packed. year. Um, Maybe Chris we should throw it out to the viewers and say if there's a cocktail that you want to see turned into a beer, Drop it below, and uh, I'll brew it. I got flannel, so that's, fine. <laughs> that's the dry hopping flannel. Oh, the dry hopping flannel. Okay. <laughs> Not, maybe we'll add it as a fruiting flannel. You can't. I can't. I can't do a fruited sour in this flannel. Yeah. Yellow flannel, maybe. Yeah, we'll have to um, speak to them and see what yeah. color the fruited flannel is. See which one. But, <laughs> but yeah, no. Any any in the any in the works or? Um, there's always sure. something in the works, mate. Um, <laughs> The fifth birth uh, birthday is fast approaching Ooh, um, in too. December. So yeah. last year we did four beers for the fourth mm. um, and the logistics of that nearly killed me. Yes. That was yes. when we, in particular, the peach iced tea sour. Yep. Um, so we're a little bit reluctant this year to do an extra run on top of that. Mm. So there's been a bit of planning and umming and ahhing, but 
We've recently committed to do the five beers. Okay. Um, one of those is a sour. One I'm pretty excited about. Cool. But I think I'll keep that one a surprise for now. Well, I have to start marketing that one pretty soon then if I've got five to drop at the same time. <laughs> yeah, so that, absolutely. That, as, uh, that's, that's probably the other part too, is trying to get all the message out for those, those beers. But we might have to put together a little a special uh, fifth birthday case or something yeah, like that maybe so. to go. Yeah. Because I think fives, how would you go with six? I think I think five's like- I think off. we cap it at five. I think you cap it at yeah, five. Yeah, we might yeah. just go back to one. Go back to one, <laughs> yeah. one really, really unique special one. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty keen for that. So it sounds like a pretty good back end of the year beer, beer wise. Oh, absolutely. And we'll see, you never know, this one might come back before the year's out. An Imperial Mango. Oh, an Imperial Mango. <laughs> it's the only way that we could improve on this, I think. Yeah, I think so. Imperial Mango would down, go down great. So, no, it's very good. Yeah. Cool. I think we've covered just about everything, Matty. Unless there's anything um, more you want to tell us about your glorious cricket career, mate. Oh, there's many things Spring I can tell you. Spring is in the air, the many season things. is approaching. Well, it is, the season is fast approaching and um, I mean, we've been in pre-season now for about six weeks. I've been to one training session. I was gonna say, um, do you do pre-season playing cricket? Well, absolutely. Our, um, well, our, our first grade team's actually starting uh, this week. So they're, they're running a new competition where uh, basically you can get contracted players from all around Australia to come and play for your club for this, I think it's about three weeks of 2020s. Yep. Um, so we got the likes of uh, Jordan Silk, Josh Layla, um, and a couple others. Um, there is a real, I don't know, well, this will go to air after it, but there's a real smoky for a very, very well-known um, international cricketer to perhaps play this weekend. So we'll see, we'll see what happens there. Um, but no, definitely pre-season's in full swing, but uh, us fourth graders, mate, we won't really get back, in, back <laughs> yeah. into the swing of things for about four or five weeks. So I think probably next week I've got to show my face yeah. and uh, roll the arm over and try and hit a few bombs again this year and Put see how it pads. goes. Yep, yep. So we we, um, we were runners up, uh, sorry, not runners up. We made the semi-final last year and then grand final uh, won the grand final the year before. So. Yeah, keen to give it another another big crack and maybe win another glass, mate. Win another glass, hopefully, mate. Um, uh, I will tell you one little story though about one of those hundreds was after <laughs> after Geordie's farewell. Um, we had Geordie's farewell over at Yeah, and had a couple of ales that evening. The Yeti, the Yeti was popular. Yeah, that's around right. about then, and yep. I had a few too many Yetis, I think, that's and uh, I. I'd let one player know the week before he was pretty young. I was like, mate, there's no turning up. Dusty, like, <laughs> yeah. this and that. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just not feeling the greatest. But anyway, 121, not out of 90 balls. Oh, there so. you go, mate. <laughs> <laughs> there's something in the Yeti. Yeah, mind over matter, eh? <laughs> mind over matter, exactly. But um, no, it's all, all good fun. And uh, I enjoy nothing more than a, a nice, refreshing beer of yours after, after a good cricket game on a Saturday. Beautiful. So, that's where I'll be enjoying a few of these, I reckon. <laughs> awesome. All, All right, right, mate. Thanks for coming on. No problem. Good to have you back. Likewise. Um, yeah, so I guess get out there and get this beer while you can. That's it. That's it. I definitely think it won't last long. Keep an eye out for the stockers, which will get up ASAP. I know a couple of people have been asking already, but yeah, it's a banger of a beer and uh, we don't have to say too much more about mm. it, I think. The, the, the punters will get, be getting around this one for sure. Absolutely. For sure. Beautiful. Cheers, Cheers mate. Cheers.